from the creator of Star Wars. From the director of Cocoon. A world is awakening. Why, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? It's a dangerous world. That's why we need your help. Your journey has just begun. Willow. Heroes come in all sizes. But adventure doesn't come any bigger than this. I am the child. Find the child! We are not afraid of you! Is your dog doing something? A dog? Somebody, it sounded like somebody was like beating against something. Oh, sorry. I was shaking my leg and I think it was touching the cord on the mic. Yeah. It sounded exactly like somebody was shaking their leg. That's what it was. And then my foot was on the cords. I didn't realize it. Sorry. Uh, all good. Um, I just dropped something in the X-Wing files that y'all really should check out at some point in time. Drop this hot new track. Check it out. It's a it's a five minute edit of all the Star Wars. Yeah, by Topher Grace. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it was great. I haven't seen it oh yet. Oh my god, dude. It'll make you cry. Ooh. Love crying. He's angling for something. I he, bet. Wants, he wants to direct a Star Wars movie? I I, I bet. And I I mean I said give it to him. What if he's just trying to be in the um Obi Wan series? <coughs> As Obi-Wan? Fuck that. No, I just didn't like in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in. Made a jump to conclusions. Oh. Well, I mean, I could see somebody being like, he'd be an okay young Obi-Wan. No. (laughs) No, that would make me very, very sad. (laughs) I'm not often like the, they must be British or they must be whatever, but like, just like James Bond, Obi-Wan must be British. Or at least from that island. (laughs) Hi, Marie. (laughs) (laughs) Does Marie listen to this one? I believe so. Oh, she's so nice. Oh, she listens to everything we do except, I think, automatic for the people. Well, I don't think she listens to the Star Wars podcast either. So I may be about to give her a whole new set of things to listen to, but that's a tease. (laughs) Spent <laughs> just feeling frisky from his Oscar disappointment still. So I honestly, I know we're recording and I'm guessing this is the episode and I guess we'll introduce it in a second. But truthfully, I've been kicking around the idea about doing something new for about four weeks. And even after I texted you guys about it, when the last 72 hours of Oscar talk happened, I was like, yeah, no, 100% I'm in. <laughs> I've missed it so much. So, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) That's awesome, though. None of this changes. This is my priority first. But (laughs) just because I can read between those thought lines. No. But I think I'm going to do things like uh, when I do my shows, I'm going to do them in like season so I can uh, stock up stuff like for real stock up stuff and then not put it out until I have like a bunch of stuff recorded. Like I'm not going to do any podcasts that are about week to week information at the beginning. 
Well, that's pretty yeah. good. Because yeah. this is because what we do and like and what Logan and I do is I have such a hard time kind of keeping on target anyway. I don't want to change that because I enjoy this so much. And my number one goal this time around is to enjoy myself first. That's yeah. not a masturbation joke. <laughs> um, I mean, that should be the first rule, right? Yeah, but it wasn't before. And it caused so much crap for me in so many different ways that some of that you all know, some of it you don't. And it's just like, nope, I'm enjoy first. Sort of like that whole thing about writing what you love and then the audience will follow kind of thing. Yeah. So that's that's the goal. You said something a long time ago about how if me and a certain co-host had just had fun, our show would have been like 30 times better. And I that's really stuck in my crawl. So. <laughs> But in a good way, in a very, very positive way. It's a very helpful statement because it was right. You were right. And uh, there's just, uh, there's, it, you listen to our other shows. You can hear it mm-hmm. when like things are off and it's like, well, this just isn't fun. We should wrap this up as soon as possible. This episode sucks. We're sorry. We'll try to do better next week. But the episodes where we're having fun and it goes for like two and a half hours. Um, I mean, and it flies down, by as a listener. As a listener, it yeah. totally flies by. I was about to say, I'm sure there's some people who are like, "Oh my god, two and a half hours," but like, I know the podcasts I listen to, like Tell Them Steve Dave, where they're having fun, and it's such a long episode. Like on my car rides, I'm like, I just want to keep driving around because I want to keep listening to these guys just goofing off with each other. Because they're just having so much fun. And I want to be part of that so bad. You know? So, yeah. Have fun. Whatever the hell you're doing, have fun. Except work. They don't really pay you to have fun. But try to have fun anyway. We still have a pretty good time in my team. <coughs> Do you hear the lingering cough? It's still there a little bit. Uh, I, you think it's the constant weather changes? I think that's the lingering nature of this. Yes, I do. Because as soon as it's nice, we go right out in it because of with Ezra, you know? Right. And so I think being completely back and forth exposed to it, if I would just stay my butt inside and watch TV, it'd be different. But I'm like, oh, no, it's beautiful. Let's go outside right now, Ezra. And then we come inside, and then it's like, I'm sick and dying. But I feel a lot better. I just have a link. I, this is the best I felt since probably December the 26th. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I mean, that's when I started getting sick in New Hampshire. Right when we got there, that that first night, I started feeling it. I, just I'm stopped. not trying to say anything, but the last time I was sick for that long, it turns out I had cancer. Well, that's it. So there's the. I keep getting better, and then Katie like got the flu, and then I got the flu, and then like Ezra brought a cold home from school, and then I got the cold because I'm susceptible like a little baby, because literally he's a baby and he gets sick, and I'm just like him, little baby. And so, um, yeah, but no, I feel good. I've been taking care of myself very well and I downloaded couch to 5k. So as soon as I'm totally better, which I think I'm going to start either Thursday or Friday, I'm starting that crap. I'm start running. So suck on that health. I, you know, I, I mean, nobody believes me when I say this, but I did used to not, I wouldn't say run. It was a jog, but I did used to do that and I could do it for over a mile and like it sucked. But I felt so good afterwards, and I really missed that. Do you know what my goal is? What? Next April, I want to go to Disney and do the Star Wars 5K. Oh, that'd be awesome. So that's the goal. And Star <laughs> Wars Land will be open, so hopefully that's I can do it in character. That's a goal. Oh, I know. 
<laughs> they just raised the price. It just gives me an excuse to go. Oh, anyway. Go reality check me. <laughs> do they have a Harry Potter 5K? I'm sure they do. Like, all those things. It's a, a lot cheaper than Disney World. Yeah, but it's Star Wars. You get a f- special Star Wars stuff for doing it. Yeah. It's so expensive, though. Look. That's a, that's a good, uh, you know, lead into the movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> Ryan's the most responsible of the three of us right now. Yeah, I guess we should, should get into the <laughs> No, I'm not rushing you. I'm just saying, like, did y'all not... As a kid, I didn't catch it, really. But watching it this time, I'm watching it like, wow, he just, like, wrote Star Wars in a Tolkien universe. <laughs> No, no, so, totally agree, totally agree. So I guess we should do our intro thing. Yeah, go for it. You guys start. You got to say who you are. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan, first. Ryan goes first. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Logan. And I'm Spencer, and these two make me watch movies. I've seen over 4,000 movies. This was actually my 4,050th movie. Um, and it turns out a lot of classics from the 80s that Ryan and Logan grew up on, I haven't seen I don't have an excuse, and they have shamed me for it for years. So they are using this podcast to make me watch movies at their behest every couple of weeks. Um, At the end of every episode, they will tell me which movie we're watching on the next podcast, so you have a couple weeks to track it down and watch it yourself so that you can listen along to our conversation. Um, I also have a veto power. So five times in this year of podcasting, I can say, nope, not watching that next week. You're going to watch one of my fancy-ass foreign films that you've never seen, and I'm going to make you talk about that with me. I've yet to use a veto card. I have five remaining. This episode was the one that I feel like probably inspired this whole podcast because like 14,000 years ago, Logan and Ryan found out I, a massive Star Wars fan, had never seen Willow. Willow has a brand new transfer out that's on Blu-ray and and renting. I've rented on Amazon Prime. I think you can rent it on iTunes and wherever else you rent stuff. It's a beautiful transfer. So if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a long time, this is a great way to watch it. So go watch that if you haven't and come back and listen to this. But now we're going to talk about Willow. Take it away, guys. What's the deal with Willow? So can I add to your rent it, buy it, Blu-ray thing? Yeah. Um, if you're a digital guy or girl um, and you are just okay with shelling out the 20 bucks, but to have a good solid digital copy also with special features, uh, Amazon, maybe iTunes, I don't know. Uh, you can buy it. It is $20 with the special features almost fully intact. So, I mean, it's not bad uh, if you're just like, I don't have anywhere to put another Blu-ray. Uh, 20 bucks. I think it's well worth it. There's a commentary track <clears throat> with uh, Warwick Davis. I didn't get to listen to it, but it's there and a whole bunch of other stuff. See, that so. makes me want to either get that or the Blu-ray just so I can listen to the commentary because Warwick Davis is so nice. He he is. <laughs> I read it. Uh, it's a really good commentary from what I read people talking about it. His memory. And and I guess it, I have all that wonderful stuff that happened to me at such a young age. Like like his life. I mean, he kind of was a Star Wars fan and got brought in for the Ewok stuff and you know, didn't grow up with much money at all. And George was like, do you like star Wars? He's like, yeah. And then like gifted him every piece of merchandise he could get him, you know, and just kind of kept bringing him back into the worlds. Like 
yeah, I, I'd probably remember all that stuff too. But like, if you ever hear him talk, I'm just like, dude, did you keep a detailed diary? How do you remember all this stuff? <laughs> so anyway, he, I feel he's like a I have really a ton of people. Dude. Like, I have like three or four people in my life who are like that. They talk about when they were like 20, like it was yesterday, and it annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> tell so. Tell me why you guys were shocked that I had not seen this movie. Um, when you found out I hadn't seen it. Directed by Ron Howard. Uh, written by co- George Lucas. Yeah, at, at least co-written by George well, Lucas. Well, he wrote the, uh, the story. But, yeah. Um, I don't think he wrote the screenplay. I mean, he wrote the stories for a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, not that I'm knocking the man. Technically, but... he didn't really write the story. <laughs> uh, yeah. He just borrowed, <laughs> borrowed it from a lot of other places. Like he does a lot of other stuff. Like, I'm not knocking the man, but that's... Hey, man, Tarantino does it, too, and he's a freaking uh, master at it. <laughs> James Cameron made a career out of it as well. So, um, but yeah, those two guys, plus you have other Star Wars connections. It is a Lucasfilm uh production more or less um it's a fantasy movie which now that i think about it i don't know that we've discussed a lot of fantasy stuff unless you count like thor as a fantasy film lord of, but lord of the rings is we've never talked to lord of the rings ever like i i literally have no idea where he stands on the lord of the rings trilogy i think we've talked about the hobbit because you went to go see it in the frame rate, uh, the high frame rate. Right. And I think the only thing we discussed was the high frame rate. <laughs> I think so, you're right. Yeah, I mean, because we, we didn't meet until well after, like, Return of the King. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about it. If if we have, it's been offhand. Um, so, I mean, are you asking me my Lord of the Ring opinion? Is that what you're Or just fantasy films in general. Like, <clears throat> I consider Star Wars a fantasy film, although I do understand it's it's a sci-fi film. It's a fantasy film dressed up like a sci-fi film so right um no i like i like fantasy as a genre i like fantasy comic books i like fantasy books uh, when i read them um i like i've i've loved the lord of the rings books uh well let me rephrase i love the hobbit as a book and i really appreciate the craft of the lord of the ring books which is pretty similar to my thought process on the Lord of the rings trilogy like i really think they're spectacularly well made um but i've I only seen the second and third one in the theater. I've seen the first one. So I love the first one. I've seen the first one five or six times, which is nothing compared to like hardcore fans. But I like I like the world building. I like the ideas behind them. Um, but I know I've not seen as many fantasy movies as maybe I could have. But I also don't know that there are many great ones out there for me to see. Um, and this was one that is a huge miss in terms of me saying like I should see more of these because I like them. I like fantasy. I, in theory, I love it, but I just don't consume a lot of it in any type of media. Um, so I'm I'm in for fantasy, but I'm not like diehard and like with a whole bookshelf full of fantasy novels and things like that. I, I think film wise, it might be the single hardest genre to nail like perfectly beginning to end. Almost I, I inevitably went, in some fantasy film, there's something where you're just like, oh, my God. Why? <laughs> I would that definitely my, happened in this movie. I would give my second unborn child um, to whoever to get Guillermo del Toro to go back and make The Hobbit, even though it's already been made. Because <laughs> I would love to see his version of The Hobbit as one film. I think that would just be a really cool thing. Or even two, but not three. Um, imagine two 90-minute Hobbits from Guillermo del Toro. It would be oh, beautiful. Um, 
but but so I mean, like I like and I like the, the Del Toro is a good reference point. I've seen Pan's Labyrinth probably a couple dozen times. Like I really love his sort of high fantasy that he does. Right, it, it's uh, fantasy borrowed and put into other ideas, which always works pretty well. But straight up fantasy films, there's always something. Yeah, so I would say I'm a huge fan now that now that I've said this and broached this thought and, and what you just said, I'm a huge fan of that form of fantasy. Uh, but I don't have a lot of straight up fantasy I can point at and say I love Bone, the comic book series. I consider fantasy, um, yeah. and I think that's one of the most spectacular reads I've ever had. I love that series. Um, so so when I like it, I really love it. I don't avoid it. Don't have any negative thoughts about it. Um, Lord of the Rings is sort of a slog though for me as a book series and as as a film series. It's like come on guys get to the mountain already throw the freaking ring in the volcano and quit sam and frodo make out and be happy i mean i was with that movie up until it was just like oh wait let's call these birds to carry us the rest of the way and then i was just like f this whole trilogy man i'm the kind of guy who unfortunately who doesn't realize that's a thing until someone on the internet points it out and it's like why don't those birds just come get them at the beginning i'm like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) when it happened in the movie i was like are you kidding me? Like, even if this is in the book, you should have left it out. <laughs> well, what, Ryan, what's your deal with fantasy? I don't know. You, what's, I don't, you and I have talked. We talked, but like, I don't know. I know I know which female actresses we love. But other than that, I, I don't know. As And Tarantino and such as that. But like, so what's your deal with fantasy stuff? Um, well, I, I like a lot of fantasy. I, Lord of the Rings was a lot. I mean, it, I haven't even seen The Hobbit. Um. I yeah, just heard bad stuff, so I didn't want to watch it. I did love Return of the King uh, of all of them. I think that one was my favorite, except when you get to the end, um, when it just keeps going. Uh, but I think a lot of my favorite fantasy movies, most people probably don't like, like Kroll, Willow, um, which a lot of people do like Willow. But if I tried to show a 17-year-old kid this movie... They would just laugh at it. I mean, it, it's kind of ridiculous when they've seen Lord of the Rings or, you know, crap like that. So we showed it to a 30-year-old man. It's like, hey, watch this. Don't laugh at it. Well, so, but so you guys watched it as a, as a 12-year-old, you know? So you guys were 10 when this came out, right? It was 89? Yeah. 88. We, but, yeah, well, we were probably about 10 when we saw it. At uh, least. 10 or 11. We wouldn't have seen it in the theater. Okay, okay, gotcha. Was this a rewatch movie for you guys? Constantly. Yeah, all the time. Oh, that's awesome. I, so so I should say I really, really liked it. Um, I'm not you didn't want to be Mad Mardigan, man. <laughs> oh, my God. You He's are so cool. great. I, I, so Katie was um, Katie did not watch it with me. She had planned to, but she had some work she had to really catch up with to make her life a lot easier this week. Um, so she was um, in the room as I watched it with the volume up, but with her back turned to it. So And she didn't – she's not like um, – She's pretty good when I say, hey, I really want to watch this and kind of pay attention to it. She won't like Mystery Science Theater 3000 it, you know. <laughs> um, um, but at some point I did look over at her and went, it's really a huge shame that Val Kilmer turned into such an asshole. Because I would have loved to have seen so many more movies where he could have been like this. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, probably this... my favorite Val Kilmer movie. Oh, hands like... down. Hands down. People, Definitely the best Joanne Wally movie. <laughs> okay, Which one so, is she? Which one is Joanne Wally? She's she, Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's maybe, great. I've never I don't think I've seen her before. She, yeah, she hasn't done only watch her in this. <laughs> um, yeah. 
my problem with her is and you got I'm, the sexy rap in in yeah. the nine. I got it. I'm just now realizing, like after rewatching it, like how like truncated they make her character after she's introduced. Well, it's so the the moment that you introduce the love conflict or the the feelings, she dies as a character. She <laughs> does pretty much because I was really like, oh wow, because they sort of set up early on that she's probably going to betray the queen, her mom, and like there's like, oh that's cool, and um like where, where's this going to go? And I assumed honestly immediately I was like, oh so she's definitely going to do that because you don't plant that kind of seed. But I'm down with that. Like that's one of those things about fantasies I really don't mind or that I really don't mind. Like you know, this is a good guy, this is the bad guy, this is where it's going to go, kind of thing, um and um. Yeah, so anyway, I, I I was like, oh, but I'm with it. And she shows up, and they meet, and I'm like, oh, they're going to fall for each other, and it's going to be this whole conflict. And then as soon as, like, they escape that last village before they go to the castle, she just dies. And I'm like, what what happened? There's all that action stuff in the castle, and it continually cuts back to her just standing there looking at Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah. Like, amazed. I was like, do something, you crazy warrior lady. Do something. It's insane. It's almost like they, they took – all of the 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 three films worth of Carrie and Harrison were like we're gonna like ball that up into one film, except that that all builds up to the moment at the end of Return of the Jedi where they have that talk on the bridge, and you know she's like I I I love you you know and that's just what it boils down to, but. I don't like, know. Their kiss might be my most favorite kiss ever. It, yeah. Um, but like once he does the whole like I love you thing, Spencer's right. Like she ceases to exist as a character other than just like, oh, he loves me. And I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> like she was so awesome. And it just uh, it that bothered me so much well, rewatching it. Not I that I don't still love it. It just oh, my God, it bothered me. <laughs> If there was a scene where she ran into her dad who had been turned into stone, I assume in that castle, yeah, and connected with him, <laughs> and there was this thing about he needs to, she needs to go with them and betray her mother and the good she'll do and and blah blah blah. Would that have made any difference? Maybe is that a deleted scene? Uh, it's some. I don't even think it got filmed really, but it was in the original story. I mean, it would have been more of her character, you know. At least it would have been something else. It still wouldn't make it okay that she just stands by and watches him do stuff. Even though, <laughs> like, every time he's on screen, I'm just like, God, he was so good. He's they so good. I would have not liked it as, I would not have liked this a ton. But even if she had been, like, captured, it would have made it better so there was a reason she was doing nothing. Right. That, that's the thing that drove me crazy. This just, just like it doesn't make sense. You're and like she the, just sits on her horse and you're so tough. Him. You're so tough. Go do something, anything, and and like or like I, I think really truthfully when he gets in the fight with the big skull face guy, <laughs> yeah, like that's when she should have shown up and like been like I got this mofo. I've been riding with him for years and I can take him down. And it just I don't know. It's a missed opportunity. It's a very '80s thing to me. Um, but honestly, it's very much like every year before this year in movies kind of thing to me. Um, and so, but that was disappointing, but I, it didn't ruin the movie for me and I really did enjoy myself. And it's weird because I can see how you, what you're saying about like trying to show this to like a 17 year old today, how they'd probably laugh at it. But I think this is tr more truly 
a Hobbit film than the Hobbit trilogy that we got a few yeah. years back. I, I actually thought about that after I was done rewatching it. I, I sat there and was like, this is the movie that I wanted the Hobbit to be. Like, it's just, it's what it should have been, except with a big dragon, you know, at the end. And maybe a little less squeaky voice, Kevin Pollack. <laughs> I love the brownies, man. No, I did love it. Like, I stole them really from a stupid daikini. <laughs> <laughs> They're so funny, man. Every time he says that, I just laugh, dude. I rewind, I rewound that like three times. <laughs> I stole it from a stupid daikini. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's um. It's beautiful to look at. It's uh, it's very natural. Like it, it feels like a world that exists. And it's obviously shot on Earth, not in some CGI green screen like room. You know, it's like it, they found these locations, but they made it feel like it was in this more fantastical world. Uh, and mostly, the special effects are really good, except for the 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 little the brownies. I guess is that what they're called? I don't remember that they're called brownies. Yeah, yeah, um, that looks pretty rough. And so, but but even then, like for the time, it's very impressive. In all honesty, because while maybe you can tell how they're cut out of other film and put into the like it's spliced on top of each other or some version of that or computer imposed or whatever, the proportions. And the way they work with the action, it's totally correct. It may not be the perfect, you know, oh, this looks hyper-realistic, but the, the it, it feels the right weight and the right movement. It's kind of fun. Like, I, I liked it. Um, and so, so much of it just felt very natural and in a way that I did not expect it to feel. I really thought, I think this is a long way of saying, I thought this was going to be a lot hokier looking and feeling than it ended up being. I thought it was a very sincere effort that pays off yeah and i i love almost every performance in the movie um except for like hers but she's great until they just make her a non-character um but warwick davis man he's great it's like mark hamill in star wars where it's like you just start to buy into this because He's really selling it, you know, like he's there, you know, some of the other people really aren't, especially at the beginning in, in his little village. Like some of those guys, it, it feels like, ah, yeah, whatever you needed more little people and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're here. Okay. Give us our check. But <laughs> like he really, really sells it. Um, at I, the time, that was like the biggest casting call for little people ever. I I love his wife and his two so kids. She's great. Yeah, Their family. Oh, the is end just of that. The end of the end when when they're they're hugging is mm-hmm. just like it's almost as great as when him and uh Sorsa, Sorsa kiss. Um, no, I, I agree. really it's, love it's... that kiss. <laughs> <laughs> It's um yeah it's I think that there's so much sincerity sincerity to the to the performances and it's not it's sort of my uh, thing I think I've mentioned maybe on Billy Jean um but I know I mentioned to to at least one of you before that like I really love true earnestness that's earned like that works in a movie and this is a very earnest movie but it's also very sincere and so all these hokey moments like you can tell they're all really working hard to just it's all real for the for them as actors in those moments and it's not like a transcendent performance thing but this is all silly goofy stuff 
and because they're so sincere and it's never it's never a joke nothing is a joke to the characters so the actors don't play it as such and ron howard doesn't let it be that i also see why ron howard directed or redirected i guess a star wars film makes sense to me after watching this more than any other thing i've ever seen of this this is the movie so much stuff in solo that i'm like that's from willow like that's Mm -hmm. Willow. like this all feels like willow (laughs) especially at the beginning which Mm -hmm. feels a lot like star wars which is really just strangely interesting It is. I mean, yeah, and, and I also the whole time went kind of the whole way through. And like, why did I not see this before? Um, and and you, I, I mean, I think it's one of those things of this is the kind of movie someone would have had to have shown you. And I don't have a single family member who are the type that would have either enjoyed or wanted to show me this movie when I was a kid. Like, yeah. a, like I just can't think of a single one. My mom, I mean, I watched like the Indiana Jones movies and Star Wars. Obviously enough stuff that I love that she did share with me. But this is very easily not the type of movie she would have been like, oh, I really like this. You should see it too. She yeah. was more of a Harrison Ford guy than she or lady than she was a um, Val Kilmer lady, I guess. <laughs> um, and I, I know we don't generally talk about scores, really, mm-hmm. uh, especially since we've watched mostly 80s movies and it's all synth pop bullshit. But I think this is my favorite uh james horner score like i know everybody will say titanic but i just Blech. i have never seen it and don't give a shit about it so wait you've never seen titanic no, no. that should be <laughs> one of your vetoes <laughs> have you seen it ryan yes oh no that... wait i've no i've never seen it no is that real or not i can't tell if you're tricked <laughs> i don't, I don't want to watch titanic watch again titanic. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make it because i don't want to watch it again I revisited that movie like a year ago just to see if I was wrong. Like adult me would appreciate it, and adult me did not. I'll, if I was going to torture somebody, I would just tie them, you know, to a chair and make them watch that movie over and over and over. It's People that, really these days say Titanic, like they're trying to take Titanic back and really say it's this. And I just, I'm, I just don't see it. Just don't see it. But. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the dude that did Rathacon, uncredited stuff on Blade Runner. Um, uh, Casper. I mean, The Land sure. Before Time. He did all of those Don Bluth films, though, right? Oh, like American Tale and Land Before Time. This is amazing, his, his whole... He did Sneakers. This is great. I mean, sneakers, he's done like a lot. movie, Sneakers? Which one? What would you say? Sneakers. Yeah, the Robert Redford movie. Oh, I love that movie. He did the music. He did the Rocketeer. Which is movie. another really great score, but I think Willow beats it for me. Uh, no, Mas- I enjoyed Mas- it. Zorro, too, right? Yeah, it looks like both of those. Both yeah, of them. which okay. is a pretty good score, but I like the minute the music starts in Willow. Antonio just like, Banderas film? Yeah. God, I love those movies, too. Um. But yeah, the minute that music starts, I was just like, oh my god, I forgot how good the score is. It's so freaking good. I'm sending you guys a picture of a movie poster of a movie that he did the score to, and I'm wondering why we're not watching this on the marathon. You guys will see that in a minute and hopefully laugh. Is it an American tale? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
I've never he, seen it. <laughs> so, <laughs> he did a lot of movies, though. That's all I'm saying. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna. I when I saw it was a fantasy poster, I was like, please let it be Ice Pirates. I'm like, we're watching Ice Pirates. I've I'm never gonna, seen Crawl. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, never seen Crawl. Uh, we might have to replace a film. No good excuse for that one. Just haven't seen it. You've seen Excalibur, right? Yes. Okay. Saw it a few years ago. Yeah. I so good. here's the thing. I think that okay. I liked. I liked fantasy, but it was not the chosen genre of my household. So all these movies that I always knew about, I just never saw. I've known about Krull my whole life, and I've just never seen it. It's it's the, ridiculous. By the time you're like 22 and you haven't seen it, you're like girls or boys or whoever, whatever your preference is. But that's all you really care about. <laughs> so you don't like, I don't know, you just lose track of that kind of thing. That's kind of the way I was with Monty Python. Like, that was not the kind of comedy stuff that my dad watched. Mm-hmm. And so that was just not what we watched. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see Holy Grail until I was in my mid-20s. I probably didn't see Life of Brian until I was close to 30 mm-hmm. or 31. So, and I mean, I appreciate them now, but I probably really would have liked them <laughs> in high school. <laughs> No, I agree. Uh, um, we lost Ryan for a second. <laughs> he says he's rebooting, though, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it it makes me happy that you liked Willow. Um, I like the score only... too. I don't think I said this to you. I did like the score as well, by the way. Katie did not. That was the one thing she said because I usually lately when we've been watching movies, I, I let them play through the credits, most of the credits at least, sort of, and, and with the purpose of kind of listening to the music and sort of letting it roll along, you know. And so this is the one she was like, hey, out of context, this is driving me crazy. Can you turn this off, please? But I think it's because it's like she, it's a theme that comes up so much. Yeah, and then, and then it basically just plays over the credits. And it's almost like the theme on repeat. And she was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to check out now, please. And so I had to turn it off. And so of all the things where that to be the one thing that got to her, it's not a bad deal. But I actually was kind of like, man, I was I was enjoying it. But that's cool. I get it. Yeah, it's this like weird mixture of like it's got this like kind of tinge of like Irish folk music to it mm-hmm. that I really really appreciate. Um, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm depending on you to bring Ryan back in. By the way, just oh, to let you know, okay. I'm not doing anything because I don't. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used Skype other than letting you call me. Oh, in he's so still long. on the call, so he should be able to just log back in. Oh, okay, so. Poor Ryan. Pour one out for these five minutes. Yeah. Um, but no, I did like it. And I think that I, I it's, it's one of those things. He's back. Hey. Hey. So did you like the score? What was your thoughts on the score? Me? Yeah. Um, I really didn't pay that much attention to it. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, so, so we have a love it with uh, with Logan, a like it with uh, with me and a like it was fine with Ryan. It's cool. We run I the did gamut. love the score of the Zorro movies, though. I mean, that's part of the whole fun of those movies. Yeah, I haven't seen them in so long that I don't remember, honestly. Yeah. It, I, I, I was on the other day, and I watched it. I was like, I've, wow, I love this movie. I really feel like if I were to put that movie on within five minutes, I would remember every story beat and all of the music. I had it on VHS. I watched that movie a lot. The first one, a lot. I wish Rodriguez would have directed those. Man, I would do anything for a new Zorro. I really love Zorro. It's a cool character. Yeah, I don't understand why he 
doesn't work. On, I mean, he worked for the longest time, but now like Zoro and Long Ranger don't work. I really sort of hope the old videos. I think so. No question about it. In my opinion, they had to put Johnny Depp in the Long Ranger because it's Johnny Depp at that time. <laughs> Like, that's just so stupid. Anyway, um, I hope that the Disney Plus app has the Zorro show. Because you remember how it used to be on, like, late night Disney in the yeah. Disney vault? I really, that would be so fun. I would watch all those. No, I wouldn't. But I'd want to. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be real. I'm not going to watch all those, those. But I would really want to. One of those things in your watch list that you just, you're like, well, it's like, always one there. Day. <laughs> I'd, I'd be so happy that it was there. <laughs> and then I'd be like, Ezra, get to be, like, six so we can watch these and you'll understand. That's when I'm so, going to get to like watching everything. This is when I show him all things, and he's like, this is so old, Dad. Yep, that's um, what they're going to do, too. Breaks my heart already. We were talking about, like, there's always something in a fantasy film that it just, like, it doesn't really work or it throws you off. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, and I understand why it's there, and it's like this weird, stupid homage to Tolkien, but, like, the two old lady witches is just bad. Like I almost, love the old lady witches. I love them. Yeah, really? On this. Yeah, so so I don't know about you guys, but like the whole time he's like supposed to, you know, transform this this animal back into this witch. And I'm expecting like I don't know, honestly, like a bombshell eighties witch. Yeah. And they get her back on and it's like, I'm an old lady. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, I did not see that coming, but that is great. Her saying his name in the goat voice is like echoed in my head for 30 years. I love when Mad, Mar- Mad Mardigan comes out in that god awful outfit and uh, what and he runs down and the goat's like, good job, Mad Mardigan or something. And he's like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> so the pig transformations like really messed up, by the way, this just popped in my head for whatever reason. That's a really messed up moment. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those. As a kid, I watching it now. I still remember being it a kid is, watching it. Like, this is terrifying. That was the it, moment I was like, Katie, I was like, Katie, please don't turn around because <laughs> out of context, it's gonna freak you out. It's Pinocchio when all the kids are turning to donkeys or whatever. Uh huh. And like, it's way too terrifying to actually be in a children's film, and you watch it as an adult, and you're just like. Why is this in here? This is so horrible. You could have done anything else. But you know, like, I just picture all those, like, Lucasfilm people and, like, what, who's the special effects guy? I remember thinking, wow, this is a huge... I was really impressed by the crew of Willow, I should say. Let me get back to it because I can't remember who did the special effects. But I know he and Ron Howard and even George Lucas were all like, this is so cool. This is our American werewolf in London except fantasy. So you have... Let's see. Oh, they're not going to have visual. Phil Tippett uh, did the visual effects. Um, who's Jurassic Park, Return of the Jedi, RoboCop, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. So Phil Tippett, famous dude. Lots of yeah. special effects stuff. I know he's sitting there going like, this is the best job I've ever had. <laughs> he's making these creepy big transformations. Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, it freaked me <laughs> out. I, I had honestly forgotten about that scene. And as it was going down, I was just like, oh, my God. Because it's not even – it's because it's not bad. Oh, yeah. The transformation is not – you're not watching it going like, this looks stupid. You're watching it going like, 
this looks like what it might actually feel like to be transformed into a pig. And it's making me really uncomfortable. I think that's the worst thing for the good fantasy movies that I like is just the bad special effects. And people revisit that and it's just not good. But I loved movies like Kroll and um, what now I'm, now I'm at a Clash lock. of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. I love Clash of the Titans. Like, I don't care how stupid it looks. I love it. I love I every stupid moment. I do too. And I've actually seen that one. Yay. Um, you know, it got shelved for a year oh. after they finished it. Which one? Clash of the Titans. Okay. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Red Sonia, Beastmaster. Oh, Beastmaster. We'll get uh, to Beastmaster. I haven't seen Red Sonia either, but I'm reading her comic books, so go figure. Um, Red Sonia is pretty fun. Yeah, the movies are okay. I like. I I remember it was one of those things where I watched it because, hey, it's a fantasy film. There's swords. There's half naked ladies. It's a bunch of people fighting. Like it's fun. I wish that Catherine Bigelow would make a hard, hard, violent R-rated Red Sonja movie. It would <laughs> that just would be, be amazing. <laughs> and my dream Red Sonja, literally, like this is crazy. It's insane. And Gail Simone didn't tweet me back on this. So I'm assuming she thinks it's also crazy and insane because she tweets everybody back. Um, but it's Rose Byrne. I want Rose Byrne to be Red Sonja. And it'd be amazing. I'm with you. Just think it would be the best thing ever. Because like, I don't like the idea of getting like some 19-year-old to be Red Sonja. I want someone who just like can be intense but also funny. Because Red Sonja is like a hard drink and funny here. At least in the comics. And like, I just think that would be amazing so yeah there's my dream red sonja movie but brian singer should die in a fire and i'm glad he's not directing it yeah just for the record just for the record because i was really stressed out about that for a few months because i just in the last year or so got into red sonja comics and i was really brought him up um how awesome was that when i was tweeting about unusual suspects and what logan chimed in and then <laughs> our new buddy, our new yeah, friend tweeted us. Our best friend Chris McCory tweeted us and then deleted it. Because he knew he threw too much shade. <laughs> he was like, My movies would have been better if they had just listened to me. I know when I read that, I was like, Oh, he just disliked every director of those movies that Logan oh. named. Yeah, it was pretty it's like first when I first read it, I was like, Is he talking to me? Like I, I'm you talking to me. You must be talking to me. I'm the only one on this thread. You must be talking to me. I couldn't unlock my phone fast enough. And then it said, This tweet has been deleted. I was like, Oh my God, no. I'm just glad I, you guys had I a screen cap. It, so, um, and then Spencer added him to another tweet. And he just said, uh, You said Chris McCory was here. And he just said, Shh. And I put an ellipsis. And so and then he was don't like, Don't tell Shh. anybody. <laughs> But it's because you know it's because he brought up Singer and he has done a really really good job in the last like five or six years of really distancing himself. Which and is not... so weird because they were very not not I don't mean close personally because I don't know, but, but they were very close professionally. I know, very and close. that's the only thing about him that I'm constantly like, please, he seems like such a good guy. I hope he's a good guy, and I hope that he said oh my God, this stuff is real and I've got to step away from this. And it's be- and I'm sorry, I'm conspiracy theorizing because I want him to be a good guy. I'll stop talking. No, so I'm, I agree with you. I have a whole theory that once he became a bigger name director, he became he got into a different level of access because writers and directors, different worlds. 
different worlds. He used he he did the stepladder like, okay, yeah, I used him to get here, but you're a dirtbag and please get out of my life. <laughs> right, but then but then the, here's the problematic part. Okay, here's the thing that messes me up. Tom Cruise is sort of a psycho. And like I love Mission Impossible, but the stuff people say about Tom Cruise, even if 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 a third of it's true, oh my God, right? In Scientology alone, that shit is true. And so you can't deny his own screen. Oh, I know, but I would if I were a director, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know that I could do this. If I have the choice to go do other things or this, he's chosen to work with Tom Cruise so many times, and Tom Cruise loves him, so he's got to be a good secret keeper. So that's thing. Here's so I've listened to a lot of people talk about working with Tom Cruise, and I've never heard anybody have a bad experience on set with Tom Cruise. That's true. That's very true. Now, privately, I I don't know. Like, if it comes out eventually that he knows about all of this stuff that that we all are pretty sure is going on with the Church of Scientology, outside of you know. It's a stupid religion, and it's just designed, like most religions, unfortunately, these days, to take money from you. Um, but, like, all of the, like, oh, they they've probably had people murdered, including the wife of the guy that runs the church. Uh, whatever. If he knows about all that, then, yeah, he's as culpable as all of the other assholes that knew about and helped Harvey Weinstein and anybody... Uh, uh, Brian Singer and like you're just as guilty, you know, just because you knew about it, you're guilty by association. But maybe Tom Cruise doesn't really know about all that, or he could just be like a lot of people who get involved in religion. They bury their head in the sand and just, for whatever reason, cannot hear the bad things that are going on. Well, that's why the- he's always excited, man. <laughs> Someone at his level, these people, the little folks with with some sense don't get close to him. And at some point, you're just in your own world of what you've chosen to believe. So I, I can believe that he is in his own bubble. You know, I don't I don't feel like Tom Cruise is sitting around watching Nightline about himself or other people, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. And and so I just, and I don't think that when he goes to lunch, he's like at a Sabaro and could run into some people who'd be like, Tom Cruise, man, we love you, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, if Imagine, in all reality, as much as I'm saying all of this, I love so many of his more recent movies and, and his overall career. He's been such a part of my life. If I were to meet Tom Cruise, I, I just know my hip, hypocritical ass would just be like, it is such an honor to meet you. You have been a huge part of my life. I loved you in Magnolia, the Mission Impossible movies. Three and after means so much to me. Two suck, dude. What happened? It's cool though. John Woo's cool. Like I just can't imagine I'd really be able to say anything negative to him. Yeah, because it's Tom freaking Cruise. You I know? mean, I I listened to or used to listen to Jay Moore's podcast, and he uh, talked about filming um, Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, I, I was like, I don't want to do this with this crazy dude and the stupid Scientology stuff and. Like, whatever. And he's like, and I get on set, and, like, Tom's already been filming, and he knows everyone's name. Everyone. Yeah. The guy that. that brings him his water. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, hey, you, bring me a glass of water. He's like, the guy will just bring him a bottle of water. He's like, hey, thanks, whatever your name is. And we'll ask about, 
like, hey, how's your dad doing? I heard you say he was sick or whatever. And he's like, Jay Moore is like, so I'm standing there going like, how could I possibly not like this guy? Like yeah. everything he does, it yeah. like every person he interacts with, he treats them like they are the only person that matters in the moment that he's talking to them. And that's what makes him so like just watchable because he makes you feel like, you know, you're in it with him. Well, it's, it's so this is the last thing I'll say. And then we can get back to the subject at hand because we've right. really gone off course. But I listened to that to an or I get God, it was like six hours worth of podcast with the Empire podcast and Chris McQuarrie. Have you guys listened to this about the the last Mission Possible movie? No. Oh my God, it's so good. It's like the best behind the scenes documentary I've ever listened to. Um but he said that there's a scene towards the end where Tom Cruise basically had to shoot a scene before he's gonna get on the bed. Ryan, have you seen The Last Mission Impossible Fallout? Did we lose Ryan again? I don't know. I thought he was still here. Looked like he was here. I can say that, yes, he has. Okay. <laughs> I'll speak for him. Well, so right before he has to basically take off after the helicopter, there's a scene where he has to basically talk to his ex-wife and is dealing with Il- um, uh, Ilsa. Um, yeah. And, and it's like this really quick thing. And all of a sudden, they had six minutes to shoot it in because of some constriction stuff. And uh, Macquarie looked at him and said... I need you, I'm very sorry, to shoot this three different ways. I need you to be incredibly sad. I need you to be in- – no, it's when he's talking to the ex-husband or the new husband. And he, right. she, he says you need to film it as if you don't like this guy and you're defensive. You need to film it as if um, you're completely oblivious to his existence and you are a threat to him and you want – like you could take her back. And you need to film it somewhere in between those where you love her, but you can be friends with her and you can be comfortable with the fact that she is with him. And you've got six minutes. I'm going to roll the cameras and you just do it. And so he rolls the cameras and he does three different versions of it back to back to back and then stops, looks at McQuarrie and says, are we good? And McQuarrie's like emotionally moved is like, oh, we're good. Cause he just <laughs> nailed it. And it's like, and so, and he goes, you know, that's the thing is people don't give Cruz credit as an actor, but he really knows how to do everything you could ever imagine him doing. And I look at it and go, yeah, his career is based on a lot of action stuff or charming stuff. Cause that's how he built a career. Cause he also knows how to do that. But then you look at the things like Magnolia and the little moments of his big movies and he's freaking great. And so I hope in the end that he's just a kook and not a bad person. You have, kooks have are you cool. ever seen Legend? Nope. I oh. thought about Legend from beginning to end of Willow. Bringing it back, I was like, I've got to watch Legend soon. Because that's one of the few. Is it, it's Ridley I've Scott, right? I've never seen it either. Yes. That's one of the few Ridley Scott movies I have not seen. It's not. I don't even think it's Willow good. I mean, it, it's it's got its reputation. And I think that's well earned. But I think most of the reputation is built on just how, like, even at the time. And now, probably. I don't know. Um it looks spectacular. And Tim Curry is, I mean, he's Satan. Like, he is the devil. And it looks so good. But yeah, you should definitely watch Willow. Or Willow. Legend. <laughs> Legend. All right, <laughs> um, so. Speaking of Willow, uh, yeah. I did want to ask another question. Yeah. In a world where, like, nostalgia is reigning, like, supreme, supreme. I mm-hmm. mean, it's bigger now than it has ever been we just got confirmation 
We'll see if it actually happens that there's going to be a Gremlins animated series that's based in that world of the Gremlins. Mm-hmm. I mean, can Willow come back? There I, were I, three books written. Yeah. Were there really? Yeah. Yeah. There were supposed them, to be, be the, cool. the sequels. <laughs> or the sequel. Um, I don't know if Lucas wrote them, but yeah, they were, like Logan just said, they were the sequels to Willow. Willow underperformed at the box office. Right. So I knew that about it. Yeah, he turned over or either helped write or wrote the uh, co-wrote the books, the the three sequels. See, I would be I would be into reading those books if they're any good. Um, I'd watch a Willow cartoon. Yeah, I would. I or like a if they could do like oh, it'd be kind of fun if they did like little six or seven episode um, seasons, like the Tartakovsky. Uh, if they did like ten, fifteen minute shorts too. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I think something. Yeah, I mean, I'd be in for more Willow. I don't know that it can really survive like a Willow two. I feel like it would do more like Tron Legacy, where it's you know really cool but doesn't make much money. It'd probably also be better than Tron Legacy to be clear. But um, but I feel like Tron Legacy is sort of the example of what happens when you sequelize something that was a failure back then that still has a cult that has a cult today. I feel like it would track more along with that. So, but I think TV would be really smart. Animated yeah. or live action, really. God, can you imagine? I mean, like, oh, give him a chance. Give Warwick Davis. He could be old Willow. We could. It could be the adventure with his kids. Oh, oh that would be great. Incredible. Because that's that's the whole thing with um with the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Just do well, the same. Lace it off of that idea. You guys want to hear something awesome? Yes. Um. So the authors of <laughs> the books. Uh, I was looking it up because I was pretty yeah, sure. It's known as the Shadow War trilogy. But Chris Claremont helped yes. George Lucas write this. I, I, I was pretty sure it was Chris Claremont, but I wanted to confirm it before I said anything. So thank so, you. So they're dialogue heavy then? <laughs> yeah, probably very much. <laughs> <laughs> John Burns still thinks he's an asshole because there's not enough room for the pictures. See, you, you can tell, like, this is how you know I, I know something about comic books because I can make that dumb joke. Uh. <clears throat> But yeah, I would love to see some uh, a Willow comic book would be fantastic. Oh man, but I want it like painted on the inside. Yeah, like Charles Vess's work. I don't know who that is. Uh, uh, see, see, like I had my one good comic book joke, and now I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is what happens with me, Ryan. Every time I talk comics with Logan. So <laughs> there's there were these inserts for the Spider-Man anniversary hologram covers. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I, even better, the guy that painted the cover to Web of Spider Man number one yeah. actually he did most of the covers. Like that's Charles Vess. Okay, I'm I'm googling him now. Um, he has this great painting of uh, it was in one of those hologram covers. It's the Hobgoblin chasing Spider Man, and it's this like fold out poster. Oh no, he did Stardust, the the Neil Gaiman Stardust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, no. yeah, I know his work because I love that book. And so I uh, anyway, I've seen. Yeah, anyway, no, his he's yeah, that would be incredible. You were right, Logan. I should have just said you were right to begin with, because in terms <laughs> of comic right. books, you typically are <laughs> not always typically. So can I tell a comic book story? That's fine with me. OK, um, so I went <laughs> to a convention this past weekend. Big surprise. Lots, lots no, of Star Wars surprised. stuff. It was fun. <laughs> um, bought some comics, bought some Namor comics, which. I feel like a Namor movie um, 
it could be good. a good like fantasy style film. But anyway, I mean, that's Aquaman. <clears throat> so did I? Did I? Tw- oh, I tweeted this or texted this to y'all, didn't I? Yes. I'd like the the dude calling fake Aquaman. Uh, it's not as much fun. Yeah, he's like, you mean Aquaman? I was like, what? He's like fake Aquaman. I was like, except Namor was first. No, he wasn't. Like five minutes later. Yeah, he was first. But Aquaman's still better. I'm like, yeah, kiss my ass. Fucking nerds. This is the nerdiest story I've ever heard. <laughs> and you're, you're going to badmouth nerds. This is like straight out of a Kevin Smith movie. I wish this were a video podcast so that we could post so Ryan and I could both troll you by like showing that picture of all of your comic books. Yeah, there's a lot of Namor books. <laughs> Told that dude down from sixty dollars. Well, I didn't even talk him down. He was twenty bucks sold. <laughs> it looked like that sixty dollars sticker had been on that cover for like twenty years. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, you know, it, I, I'll make a deal with you." I was like, "There's a big giant hole in the front of the cover. Twenty bucks, okay." <laughs> so, so uh, Willow. Back to Willow. Back to Willow. So you watched it a bunch as a kid, um, and. You did you watch? Did, is this like a movie you shared? Because this is like if I had seen seen this back in the day, this would have been the kind of movie. I was like, guys, have you seen Willow? Like, did you were you guys movie sharers? Because you had a family kind of grouping, and I yeah, was, was only child. So, like, how did you guys interact with other people in movies? All our favorite our movies are all our favorite movies. If you mm-hmm. get my meaning, yeah, yeah, I got you. Like all the whole family, yeah, the whole pretty family. much, yeah. Like we can sit around and like Christmas Day. <laughs> We go to my dad's, eat pancakes, and there's just 14 of us quoting Christmas like Vacation even, at each yeah, other. <laughs> we don't use our words. We use quotes from movies to speak to each other. Somebody will say something, we'll go, real nice, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's really cool. I like that. I wish, I wish that in moments like this, I was like, yeah, I think that would have been fun growing up. To have oh, our weekends were built around like a lot of movie mania. You know, yeah, popcorn on Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday morning after Sunday dinner. Yeah, no, it makes sense. That's cool. So, did um, did your dad uh, like Willow as well? Oh yeah, he yeah. loved Val Kilmer. See, I'm I'm curious as we go and along. And also, I mean, uh, Sorsha. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, Joan Wallen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just I'm curious. The more we talk about these movies, like sort of the the. the because the I'm, I think a lot about like why did I not see this movie? Because again, the watching it and I would say the one thing I would say it's equal on to last episode's Billy Jean is that like I'm watching this going, I would have absolutely loved this at the right age, you know, and and I wish that I had seen it then. And I and I'm curious to to kind of see him talk about sort of like an anthropologist as we go along the Polk family experience that led you guys to see these movies. Um, and, and then like compare it to mine, my experience of seeing things. But um, I'm curious, did your dad, did he like see Willow in the theater and then you guys get a VHS or did you guys just like rent stuff every weekend? He might work? have seen it in the theater. So maybe, maybe not for Ryan. I don't know. Um, but this is something I discovered about my dad later in life. And uh, I mean, not that it wasn't okay. So him and my mom got divorced. And I guess as a kid, you just much like your teachers at school, you assume when you're not around, everybody else's life life stops (laughs) (laughs) and they just don't do anything. 
you know? So like my dad, when I lived with him for a a long while, uh, in, as an adult and he would talk about like, yeah, I went to, I remember going to see that and be like, you went to see that. I I thought we saw that on video. He was like, yeah, but I mean, I saw it in the theater. It's like with who he was like by myself. And that's when I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so much like my dad. (laughs) (laughs) I go see so many. Well, I did. I went to go see so many movies by myself. But, like, I'm sure he saw it in the theater because his kids were in school. He was divorced. He worked at nights. So, like, if he was up in the afternoon, he would just go to a matinee, especially when we had the the dollar 50 theater or whatever yeah um or discount whatever 99 actually used to be yeah used to be like 75 cents didn't it yeah and i'm sure when willow was in theaters even first run it was three bucks or something so he probably did see it in the theater there were probably plenty of movies that we thought we picked out and we loved that my dad was like oh no we're written this because he wanted to rewatch it you know, like we would have never seen Die Hard if it weren't for him. Like that's not a movie that we were like, we want to see Die Hard. That was a movie my dad was like, no, we're watching Die Hard. He he was into a lot of the the directors writers thing too. Like he, it wasn't just star by star, where what movies he wanted to watch. Uh, so Willow, he like like Ron Howard's made some. I know who that is. Oh, beyond Opie, he's oh, a big Andy fan. So yeah, yeah. big Andy Griffith fan. So Ron, yeah. Uh, what am I thinking? Beyond everything else, Ron Howard directed this movie. Yeah, we saw it because of my dad. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah, he he's he's the stay and watch the credits. Uh, not just just in case there's something after the credits, which he will always <laughs> do. But God, also, you know how many in credits i've seen in my life where i'm like why are we still here <laughs> order the rings <laughs> actually i think return of the king was probably the first one where he was like are y'all ready to go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um, oh that's very cool yeah I, i'm thinking i feel like so I, I the more i think about it like i saw the which i know are not very good at least that's what people tell me i have fond memories but it's been since i was a kid i saw the ewok movies you know um and i know that was like a direct extension because i was shown star wars and i was like more like this please and because they had ewoks i saw them so a lot of my branching out was sort of stuff like that like if i saw um i saw die hard uh, very very young and so then I got to see Die Hard 2 because I really love Die Hard. You know what I mean? Like there was always extensions of things. So I'm wondering if maybe there just was never like a direct extension that was surface level. Because like the direct, like George Lucas writing a story never was the kind of thing that would hold water in my house. But if say like um, if Val Kilmer had been in Star Wars, then there's a good chance I probably would have seen Willow. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think that mine ended up becoming from much more of a surface level connection. Like, what else do I show him? Like, I know I got into Jean Claude Van Damme movies because I ran out of Schwarzenegger movies <laughs> as a kid, and my mom was like, "He's That's foreign awful. and has big arms. Watch his movies." Nowhere I don't to think, run. <laughs> I don't think she realized there was many boobs in Van Damme yeah. movies as, as there were because she never watched them with me. I just watched them. I love those Van Damme movies. I've probably seen it's one of those things I don't give my credit myself credit for having watched all of them, but I've probably seen like most of them from the late eighties to mid nineties. Anything Van Damme did I rented. I like just don't remember. Target. All. 
my favorite Van Damme movie. That one I remember because I've recently, or in the last like five years, rewatched it. But like I know I saw like Double Team and like all the like, all that stuff. I saw all of it. Terrible. No, it is. But even I remember that as a kid being like, I don't really like this. But um, <laughs> well, I saw so many, and uh, and Time Cop was like one of those transformative movies because it was like really cool. Oh, I and gotta take it back. Cool. I think Time Cop's my favorite Van Damme movie. That's probably my favorite um but but anyway but it's like that's i think that's more very surface level like what if he liked this he likes superheroes what should he watch and someone's and, I, and now i look back and that video clerk was probably getting a huge laugh out of it they were like watch this <laughs> captain america movie guys it's great <laughs> and so i watched all the uh, crappy captain america movies so I, I think that um there's more surface level stuff going on there which is interesting because we watched a ton of movies but i think the connective tissue is always much more actor than anything else I don't think I got into Val Kilmer until he was Batman. I don't think I really registered that he was a, an actor I should know until he was Batman. Oh, I saw The Saint, and then when it was said that he was <laughs> going to be Batman, I was like, wow, this could be fantastic. Yeah, The Saint and Mad Mardigan, like, that dude's going to be Batman. And then I really have to, and I mean, he takes a, a bad rap for that. But after Batman, it was kind of all downhill for him, except for maybe Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which was supposed to be like a big rebound because he was so good in it. Yeah, but, and yeah. it turned out just to rebound one guy's it, career. It, well, it rebounded his bank account so he could eat more food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm making fat jokes at his expense. I'm fat. No fat shaming. <laughs> Even yourself. I he looks, this conversation. Have you, have you seen him lately? He looks no. pretty good. He's in and, Top Gun, right? He had to get yeah, in check for He's going to so. be in Is he still Mark Twain sometimes? Doesn't he, didn't he do that for a long time? Oh, yeah, yeah. That came to Nashville like a year and a half ago or two, and I really wanted to go, but it was expensive and also in Nashville, Yeah, which is like two hours. So it was, anyway, it was, and it was like eight. So I was like, oh, we'd have to drive home really late or get a hotel. Anyway, we didn't do it. Too expensive to just gawk at Val Kilmer. I, I don't just, know. To see Batman play Mark Twain, it wasn't really worth the four hundred dollar expense. I don't know how much you looked into it, Spencer, but uh, did you know that they got married after this movie, Joanne Wally and Val Kilmer? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, oh. uh, they weren't married that long, I don't think, but uh, they met in this movie and got married after this movie. That kiss was real, man. That kiss you love, they loved I'm it telling too. You, it was that was something else. It was as great as the "I love you, I know" line in Star Wars. I love how much you love that. I don't love it as much, but I love how much you love that. I don't know. To me, it just felt real. I mean, there's... I, I agree with was. that. I mean, <laughs> there's no CGI in this movie. No, just kidding. There might have been. I don't know. This is at the weird I mean, time where you... every movie can't... has that moment. Well, not every movie, but every good movie has that moment where there's that one thing that feels so real to you. And, you know, that I love you, I know is that. And that kiss that they share is that. I did say it was all downhill after Batman, but I think what was Tombstone before or after Batman? Before. Oh, okay. Then yeah. <laughs> Cause I didn't look it up. I was like, oh wait, he was Doc Holliday in Tombstone. That's fantastic. It wasn't long before, based on my memory, but it was definitely before. <clears throat> yeah, because after uh the Saint was after Batman, wasn't it? I thought so, but I because I don't think I knew what who sure Val Kilmer was. I, I swear to God, I saw that before I saw Batman. I'm looking it up because I don't know. Um, Look at Kilmer. the release date. That's what I'm doing. 
I know how to do this. I know how to okay. to solve your arguments. I, I mean, y'all are better at it than me. I don't even know. Batman why. was ninety five. I it's saw it like Saint, five times in the theater. The Saint was ninety seven. So it was after. Dang. That sounds right to me because I knew about the Saint. Maybe and it I only just makes saw sense the Saint day. before I saw Batman. There's no way if Logan saw it five times that you didn't see it. Yeah, Logan. see, ninety five was a weird. Maybe it was the reverse. I was like, oh, he's going to be good in the Saint. Because the saint was okay. It wasn't that great. <laughs> so, what else we got on this, man? Um, Guys, men. I, I mean, I really... Don't, we didn't talk about the plot much. But, I mean, it's, it's the plot of every fantasy jerky. film that's ever been made. It's, it's, it is it's the story of Moses, except Moses is a little girl. <laughs> and so, there you go. With red um, hair that I had to really... I had to look it up and see if it was Bryce Dallas Howard as a baby. I was so curious. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> I, mean, that's, funny, right? I read all the Did You Know stuff. <laughs> that was an actual wig that they glued to her head with syrup. There were moments, I will say, when that baby's getting like splashed with some water and crying. And I was like, this isn't right. Like, they made an animatronic yeah. version of the baby. No way. Yeah. I, I never noticed. Come on, Clint Eastwood. You can't get an animatronic baby for... American Sniper? Yeah, I know, right? God. What bullshit is this? Huh. Um, I gotta yeah, read about should, the movie. Yeah, you should look at all the did you knows. Apparently, uh, after meeting uh, Warwick Davis, uh, George Lucas really wanted to get uh, do a movie like specifically for, I guess, him, according to IMDb. But I've I heard assume, that from Warwick Davis telling stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, it was written specifically for him. He was really upset that Warwick Davis didn't get first billing. Yeah, that was weird to me because I honestly, um, and I get, I, like, I understand, like, in the way Hollywood works, why that happened. But it, I actually expected to not have to wait 40 minutes or whatever it is to meet Val Kilmer. And it, or it's not 40, but it's like 20, 20 to 30 yeah, minutes before he shows up. And it's, it's like, yeah. And so, uh, but, but yeah, and he shows up and I'm like, really first billing, you better be in like every scene after this. And he is not. <laughs> so, um, so that's very weird, but work Davis, I loved him. I've always liked him a lot. I mean, I love him, obviously return of the Jedi and his little cameos everywhere else in star Wars. And, and like as a star Wars character, he's, he's great. And that canon of, of experience, but like interviews with him and 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 just him as a human being i just really really like him and so i'm watching this movie retroactively rooting for a career that i know is not what happens right <laughs> and and i and i hate that because he's so charming as willow he's very very charming just like he is as a as a like he he brings his natural human charm into his acting and it's not like he's playing himself if that makes sense that's that's a hard thing i'm trying to, to say here but he really is a charming actor not just I, a person not a charming person he's a charming actor and i wish he had done more had a i think to. what makes that even better is that he was only like <clears throat> 20 years old when mm -hmm. they were making this movie and i mean as a 20 year old to come across that great on screen i mean it it says a lot i mean a lot of people can't can't do that, um, but well, he sells the movie. I mean, everybody else does too, but he's uh, the he's your point of contact, you know. Yeah. So well, you buy this twenty year old himself. as like an older forty ish. Person. Yeah, married two two yeah two kids kids you know 
He's almost ageless because of the the maturity he brings to the role. Because there were moments where I was like, how old is he supposed to be? Because in some moments he looks like he's 12. And then in other moments he looks, like you said, 40-ish. And I, and, I, and I feel like that is a lot to do with his performance. Because there are moments in this plot that bring him into moments of pure wonder or, or fear, which is all, which fear is a very visceral childlike reaction and wonder is the same thing but in a positive way and and he brings that to it and that's all about what he can do in front of a camera and so it's it, it uh now i'm lamenting his career in my heart i feel bad i love for him. the uh when you meet the brownies the role reversal that happens when they release him uh-huh. and willow stands up and he's just like rah and, uh-huh. and they all scatter like roaches i, was I thought so that was hilarious I agree. Like now I'm the giant. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just it's such a fun movie. Uh, even the stuff I watch now, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really hold up, but it's still a lot of fun. So here's my last thought on on this experience so far, because I feel like every time we do these, I try to like talk about this journey that you guys are are forcing me on, but I'm agreeing to, so really not forcing. Um, uh, I. I've realized with this movie that a problem I've been having thinking about Ezra as he grows up, my son as he grows up, um, is how to show him movies because I think I was very inappropriately raised on movies um, because by the time I was in – this the famous story. By the time I was in kindergarten, I had seen Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 and still have that recurring nuclear bomb nightmare <laughs> because of that movie. And so I want to give him – the like I want to help – with the love of film that I have, um, but not do it wrong because I don't, I don't, I want him, I want it to be a joyful, fun thing. And I feel like what this thing we're doing together here, this podcast is giving me those options. Like I can't wait to watch Willow with a young Ezra. Cause he, it's good to be scared. Like the pigs will scare him and that'll be scary and, and exciting. But overall, this is the kind of movie little Ezra should watch, you know? And, and so I really am excited about some of the, like I, I'm excited about what the future of this show holds for other choices for young Ezra. Cause I feel like the childhood movies I should have been watching. You guys are showing me for the first time, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm well, I picked Willow. So I guess Ryan should pick next, but well, I'm curious. Willow was like a forcible choice. Uh, yeah, we were gonna have to do it. Valentine's Day release. Yeah. For the for the new <clears throat> Blu-ray transfer. So I'm just I'm 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 looking at the list, scratching my head, like where do we go next? Like there are a bunch of fantasy type films on this list. Like, do you stick with that? Do you go in the complete opposite direction? Do you have yeah. a com- do you have a comedy? Should we do like a comedy? We do. What do you guys think? Like go totally different, do you like a comedy? You down for that, Ron? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good for whatever. Well, let's do one crazy summer. Okay, oh I don't know God. what that is at all. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's a great connection <laughs> to this movie too. Uh, in the did you know on IMDb? Uh, I don't know if this is mockingly or jokingly, but John Cusack lost the role of Mad Mardigan to Val Kilmer. And, oh no way! Yeah, and I oh, guess thank God. when he's asked about it. He says, you know, that's the biggest disappointment of his career. I'm pretty sure he means that as a joke. (laughs) 
Uh, he's a he's a weird dude. He might be like, I really wish I could have done that movie. I mean, I don't know. Let's ask him. Let's tweet him. He's he's always busy tweeting about Trump. Let's get him when he's tweeting about I Trump. I feel like it's Cusack though. It's more like a yeah. I think my career turned out pretty good the way it is. Why yeah. are you asking me about losing this role to Val Kilmer? <laughs> I mean, the cast of One Crazy Summer is so good. John Cusack, Joel Murray, Bobcat Goldwaith, Curtis Armstrong, and of course Demi Moore. You know, Mitch, this will be like the third Demi Moore movie I've watched this year. <laughs> What's happening? My stats at the end of this thing is going to be like nine or ten Demi Moore movies at the end of the year. And everyone's gonna be like, are you really into Demi Moore? I'm like, no, my freaking friends. <laughs> Stupid saying how much fire. And then, that, and then that one bad Michael Caine movie I watched. God. So, OK. OK. So one crazy summer. Is that right? Yes. I, I did not know don't... that uh, Joel Murray was Bill Murray's brother until I watched uh, Chasing Bill Murray. I uh, didn't know Bill Murray had a brother. Brian, Brian, Do- Brian Dole Murray is his brother, his older brother. Yeah, I knew that, but I, I didn't know that. They had a show on Comedy Central where they golfed together. I did. I never watched it. it I, didn't so know he had, I didn't know he had any brothers until right now. <laughs> and I love Bill Murray. So. <clears throat> yeah, Brian Dole Murray, who <laughs> is Clark's boss in Christmas Vacation and oh, no so way. much other. Yeah, that's his yeah. older brother. Oh, that's fun. And they're, they're always, I mean, they're both in Scrooged. Brian Dole Murray plays his dad, and then uh, Joe Murray plays his actual brother, right? Or somebody else plays his brother? Yeah, uh, his brother, his brother in law. They got him uh, something nice for Christmas, and he got him like towels or some crap like that. <laughs> yeah, I, does, is it, yeah, it's the SS Minnow, James. What was the boat that brought them all to the. The island, the SS Minnow. Yeah, that's that's his brother. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, so one back. crazy summer. Um, uh, you're gonna okay. love this movie. <laughs> I bet he hates it. <laughs> I already, I'm already feeling like I'm going to. So, uh, but we'll see. I love, I love John Cusack though. So that's good. Um, Bobcat's in it, man. You can't hate it. I like Bobcat more as a person than yeah. I do as an actor character. in this. As oh, an actor in this time period, full on Bobcat Goldwaite in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm vetoing. Good, I'm vetoing. I am officially doing my first veto. <laughs> I'm postponing this. Go for it. Um, I oh my god, I just had flashes of Bobcat and just couldn't do it. You're gonna have to watch it eventually. I know, but at least I'm giving myself a delay. It's just it'll be the next movie we watch. That's how this works, right? I say my veto, right. we do that, and then the next movie we watch is. One crazy summer. No, we're going to do it. I'm not vetoing. I'm saving it. That was a reaction. <laughs> we're going to do it. I'm going to get through it. That's, you're asking in... if we have a comedy and you're going to veto it with a I know. pretentious I, French film. <laughs> He's still suffering from the Oscars. You know, I, I'm, I'm just having cool. moments. I'm flashing. So here's my new grading rubric Rubric for all things that I watched this year on Letterboxd. At the, very end, book. Of, at the very end of every review I'm going to go, is it better than Green Book? Because everything's going to be yes. I saw that on your Willow re- review, and I just died laughing. It's like, oh my god, he really hates this movie. Do I really want to watch it? You know what else is better than Green Book? San Elmo's Fire. <laughs> and I hated that movie. <laughs> I'm, I was really loving Mahershala Ali in uh, True Detective. I wanted to watch Green Book. He's he's good in it. He is very good in it. It's just a very bad movie wrapped around him, where a white man teaches him how to I like mean, it's, it's again, like watered his down Hollywood should. crap, right? 
No, th- th- it's worse because literally Vigo Morton says, how, Mortensen says, how, how don't you like fried chicken? This is like the food of your people. And then he teaches, <laughs> and then he's talking like that because he's, he's Italian, he eats spaghetti and meatballs. And then he's like, now let's go eat some fried chicken. So they literally share KFC and solve racism together. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. Fuck that movie. <laughs> share KFC and solve racism. Hey, if that would work, though. I mean, oh sure, we'd all. I, I would buy fried chicken for everybody, but that's that's doesn't work. And that's I would buy better I, fried so, chicken than KFC, though. <laughs> whatever KFC whatever, is terrible. Whatever fixes the problem, I'm saying I would support, but this doesn't fix the problem, so I don't support it. So <laughs> like a panda, it's black. It's Vito Mortensen deserves to not work for like five years because of how terrible he is in this movie. Sorry, I why'd you start me? I'm done. We're watching one crazy summer. <laughs> In a couple of weeks, can I rent it? Where did I get it, guys? Um, I'm looking it up. It's not available to rent on Amazon. Oh Jesus! So that puts a. Is it on Voodoo? Solve the problem if I need to. (laughs) Stop confessing (laughs) to crap on podcasts. I mean, we're definitely watching it, but I'm just curious, like how the way because physical media is also a thing for me, but. <clears throat> I mean, it's available to buy for $17. I don't know that I... $17? I'll send you my DVD copy of it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't know if I'd spend 17 bucks on it. Yeah, dude. Uh, send me a dollar. I'll send, Just for the stamp, I'll send you my <laughs> DVD copy. Uh, I, I'm going to Can I Stream It? And it keeps timing out. So I'm looking on... Um... Voodoo, because Voodoo usually has this random stuff that uh, YouTube has it for two ninety nine. Voodoo oh. has it for two ninety nine. Boom! There we go. So yep. Voodoo and YouTube. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> iTunes for three ninety nine. If you want iTunes, man, oh, Amazon just dropped the ball. Yeah, so, really. Okay, cool. Well, then, cool. Rent it on one of those services that they mentioned. Um, don't ever watch Green Book. You've learned that. Willow is really good. I, I didn't mention this, but I do think the cinematography was beautiful, and I'm really glad that I waited to see it until there was this restoration. Um, so I really recommend the new version. It's just beautiful. Um, and <clears throat> I don't hate you guys for this pick, so that's good. We're, we're really rebounded from that first episode. And I'm happy for that. <laughs> That's bad, too, because that's one Can of I change the pick? Can I make it Ice Pirates? Did what? you say... What kind of pirates did you say? Ice Pirates. I, don't, I mean, we just... We... No, I'm just... I want to... Like, what's something I'm sure he will just watch and be like, what the hell this is wrong? This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, but no, we're going to watch this one crazy summer. Sounds good. It's 93 minutes. I like the sound of that. It's um, short and it's it's very digestible and Demi Moore is not horrible. Okay, and then after that we're gonna watch what? No, I'm just kidding. Don't tell me now. Spoilers. <laughs> um, okay, so one crazy summer. I can do this. I can make this happen. I will not veto, which is what I'm trying to do. Oh, not gonna do it. One crazy summer. What I else you got? Like it. I think you'll like it. Uh, Mr. Robot's filming in Yonkers, but that's another podcast. Ooh. Let's go to Yonkers. I'm going. I'm going to New York again in May. So, will they still be filming then? Maybe. Oh man, wouldn't that be crazy? I went to. I go to a stoop again. I mean, I love I'll, you, man. But if you wind up on Mr. Robot, 
I want to go to a stupid. I want to go to a stupid and do the Burt Reynolds pose. That'd be great. <laughs> Val, do it fully clothed. God, I would be so jealous. I'd be like, oh my god, Spencer's on Mr. Robot. Yeah, that'll never happen. They're gonna be then. I can be filming in May. Um, but I'd be like, why didn't you? Min-? Nope, nope. I almost got political and Oscar again. Leaving it alone. Leaving <laughs> it alone. You guys say your goodbyes and then uh, stuff. All right, Where can they find uh, you? Go check out all the other stuff we do at xwingfiles.com, including the Star Wars podcast, Automatic for the People, with me and Ryan, um, uh, and also Boring Conversation with Spencer and I. Possibly more podcasts coming soon. There's always talk about a Game of Thrones podcast that never seems to happen. Well, if you like it when I yell about stupid <clears throat> stuff and we just talk about nothing, like the Tom Cruise tangent, definitely listen to a boring conversation anyway, because that's all we do <laughs> is crap like that. Yeah, at some point we're going to have a conversation about a movie that literally nobody we that listens to the podcast will be able to see. <laughs> so, Although, it, Blu-ray soon, right? For, yes, the Blu-ray, Blu-ray release for Down and Yonder is coming soon. They're working on editing the Blu-ray menus right now. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Going to buy it for people's Christmas presents. Uh, everybody I know is getting that movie for Christmas. That's my plan. Yeah. So, uh, But anyway, uh, guys, this was fun. Thank you for the pick. And uh, you guys can find me on that podcast that Logan mentioned. And I am on Twitter, unlike these fools who are irregularly on Twitter, at Film Dispenser. So if you tweet me, I will tweet you back. Unless you tweet me that Green Book was a good movie, in which case you will get blocked. <laughs> I'm going to watch it and love it. <laughs> I, will, I will not respect you. I just want you to understand that. I have respected you for many years through many things. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> But this will be the thing that breaks our friendship. So it's worse than Bohemian don't. Rhapsody. Yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. The live eight, 20 minutes of Bohemian Rhapsody make that movie worthwhile because it is a riveting sequence of film. Yeah, I thought making. it was pretty good. Too. But Green Book is poop as a movie that says it's solving racism and also does not do that either. So is valueless. I, I don't understand the Academy's. <clears throat> I it's, understand that it's still a problem. I'm not that guy that's like racism doesn't exist anymore. It absolutely does. Hey guys, I this don't is understand just a preview the preview of next episode of Boring Conversation. Anyway, <laughs> I don't understand the Academy's continuing obsession with movies about racism. My theory is Google preferential Oscar ballot. This was not many people's number one movie of the year, but it was just enough people's number two and three movie of the year. And people disagreed enough on the best movie of the year because this was a bad grouping of uh, of movies. There wasn't one that just stood out so far in front of the others as a mainstream pick. And so yeah, it that, won by default. That happens when, um, like in the Baseball Hall of Fame, when every year when people are up, um, the same kind of thing happens. Like, I choose to believe that over this being the most number one rated movie. Because right there's just no way. There's just no way. Black Klansmen made white people too uncomfortable, and Green Book made them feel good enough about themselves that they ranked it more. So I'll end with this. I went and did trivia night with uh, (laughs) groups of work people, work friends, last night at a bar. And we played against another group. Losing group had to buy the other group's stuff. So uh, we we won. Um, One of the questions was, what word... Do two films nominated for Best Picture this year have in common? So it's black. 
of course. Sure. Um, and the other group answered, uh, what's the name of the, uh, the favorite uh, no, no. star is born. Yeah. A star. They answered a star is born, not star, not born. <laughs> they answered a star is born. They're stupid. <laughs> and I was like, it's one word guys. Well, it, it's star, right? I'm like, yeah. Cause star Wars was the other movie nominated. <laughs> Like, no, it's black, dummies. So, we beat them. It was kind of nice. Hilarious. What so, day does Captain Marvel come out? Uh, March 8th. Yeah, Some idiot in, in Chattanooga is doing a Marvel movies-themed trivia night on March 7th, the night of the release of <laughs> Captain Marvel. What a dumbass. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Now this is this is the segment where we just talk about stupid people in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it's a preview of the other podcast. Uh, yeah, which we gotta we gotta schedule another episode of that soon. Very so. soon, very soon. All right, yeah, go do all that stuff. Ryan's on Twitter at Polk seventy nine. He'll tweet you back too. He tweets a lot more than I do. If you tweet me, you might hear back from me in like a month. So, you know, and you won't know if it's him or Jacob. <laughs> Tweet him bad stuff about uh, no, the if you last tweet at, at, and Ryan oh. Johnson. You'll hear back and, from him. <laughs> yeah, or, or troll me about Green Day. Or Green that Day, yes. Yeah. That, that really upsets him. <laughs> no, you know what's up, upsets oh, me? I'll, I'll end it at this. When people say things, I don't like this because it's stupid. No. It's un. You don't like the uneducatedness of the reason why you don't like it. Well, why don't you like this? Because it's stupid. So I'm stupid for liking it. I don't understand what you're saying. It's literally stupid because no, it's not. Well, it's just stupid. I think it's stupid. You're ignorant. That's just ignorant. So are you talking to that person anymore? Yeah. Every week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. So, yeah, go do all that stuff. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Sorry for being so scatterbrained. (laughs) The Oscars have broken my mind. (laughs) Adjust them completely. The next great adventure. You are great. Willow. Coming in May.